it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm here with Daniel Fox. Yes, I'm back. I'm back. He's he's back with us again. Yeah, um, good to be back. <laughs> how have you been? Uh, um, busy. Yep, been a little chaotic and uh, got this little sinus thing. So maybe now and then I could do like the I'm I'm fine. You know, I got my stuffed head, <laughs> but it's not that bad. If I sound a little different, it's just my uh, nasal filter I'm going on here. <laughs> Na- nasal filter. Yeah, like a oh. sound filter, like you know, to make it sound like. Did you ever play with one of those uh, voice distorting apps that makes you sound like Darth Vader or a cricket or whatever? Did you ever play? I, with I remember. I remember when those were a device that you yes, could buy. I owned one. It was so yeah. I you did it was so cool. I did. It was like okay. it was like a foot, a little over a foot long, and it was red. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it must have had different settings that you could talk into it like a microphone, and then it would yeah. distort it out the other end. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pretty neat. Anyway. You have to get one of those on the podcast here. <laughs> like retro, a picture of a retro voice distortion toy from the 80s or something. Maybe yeah, it was the 90s. Yeah. Or anyway. we could just have our editor do it. He can change our voices to... Oh, yes. You know, sound like we're talking in super slow motion. You know, <laughs> All that right. was an in-mic effect right there. How do you like that? The mic effect. In, nice. In-mic. In mic. In yes. mic. Um, yeah, done in mic. <laughs> we want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash reason together for supporting. We're so far off the rail already. Yeah, yeah, we're, and the intro was pretty. Anyway, um, not pretty, but anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> it, uh, thank you, patrons. Thank you for your support. And hopefully you're not doubting your investment right at this moment. <laughs> um, we thank you for, uh, enabling us to get a uh, a podcast editor, a blog editor and uh, and pay the bills as far as our yearly expenses or monthly expenses. So uh thank you for that. Yes. Uh, we and, appreciate you guys. Yep, yep. And if you're interested in becoming a patron, you appreciate this reasoning together and you say, "Hey, uh this this is fun and listening to s- some guys uh, just kind of talk about stuff and and bring scripture into play and how that applies to it you can go to patreon.com slash reason together and uh, sign up for any one of a number of uh, tiers there Uh, if you're an elite patron you get access to the after show uh, which we've been doing for some time now an extra uh, segment of of the podcast only for the elite patrons Uh, also get a free t-shirt and uh, Mm -hmm. and as a patron you get uh, access to the patron only message board and so yep anyway which has been a a hive of a hive of activity here just in the last few weeks really picked up hasn't it last couple months yeah yeah we've uh had some more patrons come on and uh they've been very engaging and it's kind of pulling everyone else out of their shells and and uh yeah it's it's been great seeing the conversations happen over there on the message board so yeah well, we've got a number of things here today that are really unrelated, but are going to make for an enjoyable conversation. And yes. I, I have to say, starting off, I don't even know exactly what this is. I, I know this is your your file here, but uh, Hitchens Razor. Can we start with that? Okay. 
that was actually a correction that I wanted to address. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, I can't remember if it was after show or if it was in a main episode, but I figured I'd put it in the main episode just to cover our bases. I had referenced, uh, uh, Hanlon's razor. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was in the after show, which, uh, I said states that, uh, what can be stated without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. Okay. Right? Or what can be asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. And I got okay. my razors confused. <laughs> uh, I, I, it, that is Hitchens razor. Oh, that's Hitchens razor. Okay. <laughs> yes. Hanlon's razor is actually uh, another interesting one too, but I always get them confused because they both start with H. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think it says some Hanlon's razor is something like, um, don't attribute to malice what can more easily be tri- attributed to stupidity. Oh, okay. And and what about Occam's razor? Oh, that's that's the idea of the simplest conclusion commonly being the best. Okay. Um, now, now I, and I guess with any of them, they're not like a law, right? They're just a philosophical thinking device Okay. to kind of help. Uh, it's like a mental shortcut, if you will. But anyway, so I wanted to issue the correction just in case someone was trying to look that up and like, wait, that's not what that says. Misinformation. Yeah, said, it's fake news. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Tom got dyslexic with his razors. Okay, so yeah. see, and Tom's more of a razor guy. Um, so anyway, he knows his razors better. Um, I get the electric one that's on sale, and <laughs> I, I, I overuse it without replacing the blades enough, probably. Yeah. And then after you're, you're an electric razor guy. I am. Really? Yep. Did not know that. Yep. Learn something new every day. <laughs> Always have been. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, it gets, it's it's that opportunity for like a non-handyman like me to have to have something like a, a power tool in my hand, you know, and be doing something with it every day that doesn't harm me too right. much. Um, so, yeah, where I don't tear other things up. Um, and it's so, rare you get to stick a power tool against your face like that. So... <laughs> Might as well have something. <laughs> oh my goodness! Certainly a much more delicate shave than an angle grinder would give you. But, uh, <laughs> Indeed, yeah. or or the old uh, Laurel and Hardy sandpaper. <laughs> um, okay, exfoliating. Don't you know? Oh, that's oh, that's, that's a good that's like a, skincare term, isn't it? Right. Exfoliating, which basically it, means it rubs it raw. <laughs> right. Yeah. Laurel and Hardy were just, you know, dapper men before their time, you know, and that must, must have just been why they were exfoliating before it was a thing. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So um, <laughs> maybe this leads into like an attempt to like rescue our humor a little bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, I have no uh, idea what's going on. Yeah. It, okay. Second <laughs> Timothy. 222, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, flee also youthful lusts. Now, I would imagine that many times that text has been preached to young people, to teens, say, and it's been drawn out, you know, that you need to guard your eyes and your mind and, um, and, uh, be pure. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a side note. Did you, do you ever find any humor with the, um, the term necking and petting? Is there anything funny about that to you? I mean, um, 
uh, necking. Yeah, have you ever heard of that necking and petting? I, I mean, maybe like thirty years ago. Yeah, is that yeah. still a term? No, I don't. Can't say that it did well to to some. It might be, but but in that like yeah, petting. I don't know. Just okay. I get it. Yeah. I, I sort of. It's just interesting. But okay. So uh, say uh, young people, you know, you need to flee those youthful lusts because you lust, you know, like typical boys lust and blah 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 blah. Okay. Do you think that Paul might uh, let me let me back up what what do you think could be youthful lusts? I mean, what would be lusts that are typical of youth? Um, mm-hmm. Now, Timothy, at this point, I don't know his exact age, I'm going to guess uh, in his twenties, uh, maybe thirties, but um, uh, so so telling Timothy, you need to you know, beware of the, you need to flee these particular lusts. Yeah. What, what other lusts might you see that would be typical of youth? It could be described as youthful lusts. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a m- maybe slightly tangential tack um, from that. Okay. That to say that it, maybe it's possible that he's not referencing a particular set of lusts that are mm-hmm. only capable of being committed by young people. Um, you know, when I read through the book of Proverbs, it kind of seems to me that the same lusts that plague grown men also plague young men, but young men have a different way of handling their passions oftentimes hmm. than older men do. So, you know, an example of this, of course, you mentioned the, you know, immorality, right? Lust that the one that comes to mind first, that's of course a big deal in Proverbs, you know, six and seven and so on. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, another example would be like money, right? Does not every age group suffer with the temptation to use money foolishly, mm-hmm. but yet isn't it more common maybe that young people have a harder time controlling their passions regarding spending? You know, they get money and it burns a hole in their pocket because they just don't know how to spend wisely yet. Uh, or maybe it's their temper, right? Or, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, materialism of other kinds. I don't know. It just, I'm thinking that maybe, maybe that could be referring to just the youthful way that people approach lusts of any kind when they're, when they're young. Hmm. So you're kind of taking it as uh, flee a youthful approach to lusts. Is that kind of what you're saying? Perhaps I'm I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I mean I can't think of a particular set of lusts in and of themselves that uh, that plague young people that don't also plague older men too. Well, yeah, that is it. It, it is that is a difficult thing, um, and maybe I would say there's there are certain um, and by lusts, of course, we simply mean a desire. Um, sometimes I yeah. think the word lust can automatically have some sort of a sexual connotation in people's mind, which isn't yeah. really uh, textually the case. Um, so as I'm looking at the word, you know, here, so yeah, youthful speaking, it even says, uh, recently invented or innovative. Well, that's just the idea of probably new or young. And so a person who's youthful is young. Um, but it's something that he's actually supposed to flee is not, not something that you, uh, yeah, so I mean, there's obviously a reaction here to this this young lust or youthful lust. Um, the one that I guess came to my mind, and it, like you said, 
it, it really, you see it in a lot of men, but part of that is that a man who hasn't conquered this lust is still kind of boyish, you, mm -hmm. you know? And so I guess yep. I could call it a youthful lust that, and that is pride, um, that, you know, a young man wants to be big. He wants to be, um, you know, there, there, there's a, there's a balance. I mean, obviously you want to, there's something inbuilt in men that they want to be recognized for something. They want to accomplish something. And there's, I think a goodness mm -hmm. to that. Uh, that's yep. just a natural, but to want to be supreme and superior and be seen as the best. And, uh, and you know, I mean, how, how many, how many boys are cocky, you know, or they're arrogant or they're, um, you know, they, they inflate their ability in their own mm -hmm. minds. Like I'm awesome at this thing. <laughs> and, yeah. um, so to me, that could be a youthful lust and are, are older men proud yeah, they are. But too, would we say then that's because they haven't matured. They haven't been um, knocked about, knocked around yeah. <laughs> long enough to realize, hey, listen, settle down. You know, funny, funny illustration of that is that it, there's a common tendency among young men, and, and I'm pretty sure this is innate, that every guy believes he can handle himself in a fight. Oh, yeah. Every guy, just when he envisions himself getting in a fight, he envisions what he's going to do and how he's going to do it, and he's just going to dominate and wreck the opponent, right? Um, but the reality is often very different. <laughs> and it was funny in my MMA school days to watch guys come in for the first time, and their confidence <laughs> oftentimes you know, exceeded their ability. And within, uh, I would within say two most spars. Times, within not even within two within one you know they they'd be getting tapped out five or six times in the same three minute roll um Man, you know just, it was yeah. uh yeah guys tend to overestimate their abilities especially yeah. with fights <laughs> <laughs> yeah now i'd have to say for myself i was more of a self-preservation guy and i don't think i envisioned it that way <laughs> When, when my dad put boxing gloves on me and my brother, I was, you know, probably like, get me out of these. I don't want to do this. You, uh, you decided to practice your run foo. That's right. That's yeah. Yeah. I believe my feet were my greatest defense. Like, <laughs> 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 um, but, um, that's appropriate. Yeah. No, I, I know we laugh, but you know, it's well, fine. yeah, it's fun to run fight. <laughs> there's something annoying you know i i don't think i can probably take on all these nine guys at one time i think i'll maybe while i have a chance to get out yeah. the other side of the alley i'll run um yeah so uh, <laughs> any other so i think i think a pride of course of course uh, men struggle with their thoughts and especially probably at that time when they're young unmarried hormonal you know what i mean going through hormonal changes they're going to it's probably going to be raging at that point so mm -hmm. yes, their thought life would be, um, I would say, a, a, a lust that is pronounced in youth mm -hmm. um, that has to come under control. Um, well, it says, but here again, it says not just control it, but flee from it, flee from it. So there's things that you just uh, have to run away in a way. But mm -hmm. uh, any other thoughts on, on what might be, even if it's not, even if, if we, we wouldn't say it's never found in any other man but a young man or, or a young woman, honestly, I guess I'm eliminating that, um, that we would say it's certainly pronounced there. And if someone doesn't get a hold of it, 
it's not that we would say, oh, this lust is just uh, typical of everybody, but rather that this person never grew up, you know, because yeah. he's still acting youthful. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I felt as a child, I acted as a yeah. child. What are, what are those lusts, you think? Any other ideas before we move on? I don't know. I think we're kind of saying the same thing different ways, you know, because yeah. to say, you know, a 45-year-old guy, you know, treating his lusts like a boy would, you yeah. know, who yeah. still hasn't grown up, you're still saying he's associating a common lust with the way a young person would handle it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is kind of what I was saying from the beginning, but you're saying it a different way. So yeah, I think we're in agreement on that. Okay, well that that helps me to to think through it. That and you mentioned like the uh, the example of money, um, and of course that goes back to just um, uh, just satisfying our cravings, doesn't it? That we want a lot yeah. of times. Kids want they blow money. That <laughs> now there are some exceptions, um, and you know when you have a number of kids, you might see that variation. But um, you yeah. know I had. I had one of my sons, he, uh, um, and I've given the example in the past, but uh, I've been thankful for this one Lego set that he bought because he, he really wanted that Lego set, you know? And I said, you know, this is like every bit of your spending money. And when you spend this, you don't, you don't have any more money. You know, it's, it's all gone, whatever. <laughs> and, and so now he wanted that set. So he bought it and he got home and didn't like it. You know, he got it, I guess he got it unpacked and within a couple of days or whatever, he just wasn't satisfied with it. And it hit him so deeply, I think <laughs> that moved him that I, I lost my money on this mm -hmm. thing and I don't really care for it. And ever since then, he became a very, very frugal per I mean, he's a penny pincher. <laughs> Le uh, yeah. Lesson learned. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, uh, but then obviously, you know, other young people that just, like, as we say, it burns a hole in their pocket because yeah. they, they want it. But anyway. Well, I have to tell you, it's better to learn that lesson now with a Lego set than it is to learn it in 20 years with a car that you're going to spend the next five years paying off. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, or a house that you spend the next 30 years paying off. You know, right. it's uh, better to learn that lesson young. Yep. Um, what, what do you want to hit next here? I want to hit this thought terminating cliche yeah, thing. Yeah, me too. This is going to be fun. I'm excited about this. This is a fun one. Uh, this is from one of our patrons from Omar. Um, he says the subject here, thought terminating cliche. He says, I recently became acquainted with this term and I thought it was a really interesting concept you might enjoy exploring. A thought terminating cliche is a common phrase or maxim, which may be true, but is used not to make a rational point, but to end a discussion. So, 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 and we've all seen these, but this is just a term given to this. Um, and 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 I'm 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 saying it's basically something that doesn't add information to an argument. It in a sense does the opposite. It tries to stop the argument. And he gives some examples of this. He says, uh, you know, employee, I've been thinking about how we're tracking inventory, and it seems it is being handled very inefficiently. Employer, you have too much free time. Get back to work. <laughs> That's the implication: is get back to work. <laughs> in other words, we're not going to discuss it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, another example, he says, uh, is the phrase, it is what it is, or that's just your opinion. I'm going to add, that's just your interpretation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, here's another one. We all have heard this one here. Trust the science. Um, this one here, racist. <laughs> you know, that's how you know you've won the argument is when somebody calls you a racist. I've heard that <laughs> saying before. Uh, and then the phrase to each his own. 
And he says, I think that if we're not careful, we can be guilty of using thought-terminating cliches in religious areas as well. Example, person one, I'm really concerned with the direction our church is headed. I just don't think it's biblical how... Person two interrupts and says, you're just bitter. I mean, the conversation doesn't really much go beyond that. Right, right. So they've shut down all discussion by saying, no, your concern is invalid. You're just bitter. And, you know, I would say that, you know, and, and I don't think Omar is disagreeing with this, but there are times where, well, yeah, they do have a legitimate complaint and, and you know, telling them they're bitter is true. But there are probably also other times where the complaint is illegitimate and they are just bitter. So in that case, in that use case, it would not be a thought terminating cliche. It would be an accurate assessment of the person's complaint. Well, um, yeah, but still, I guess the the reasoning through their actual argumentation, you know, other than just saying, well, you're just bitter. Well, right, that may be a true right. statement, but it's not a, it's not a full dealing with the accusation. <laughs> right. It's not teaching them, you know, their own condition. Um, he says, other religious examples include the phrase, only God can judge. <laughs> um. I have honestly seen this used more by unsaved people than by saved people. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen people with this tattooed on them or on bumper stickers on their cars. Really? Only God can judge. Only oh, yeah. God can judge. Wow. Yep. And that's because they don't want some Christian coming up and trying to convert them, right? Only God can judge me. You know, they, they view any type of attempted at conversion as, you know, judging them. You're judging um, them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. He says, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Um, and he thing. says, he's, he says, this is true, but may be used as a scapegoat. What are you, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, that's funny. Well, I mean, because it can, it can justify anything, you know? So you tell this yeah. really weird story about this happened and this happened. Yeah. An and angel then carried me out of a burning building. Yeah, well, you did. Yeah, it's gonna say you just mentioned this here. Maybe it was in an after show, though. Um, somebody tells this story and they go, oh, The Lord works in mysterious ways, which is a true statement. But the, what they're yeah. doing is they're pinning it all to the Lord. Like, obviously, he did that. Right. Well, and, okay, and it's like, I'm could... the guy going, Well, can you show me like how this happened? Like, do you have any evidence for your completely unfalsifiable claim? You know, it's like, oh, the Lord just moves in mysterious way. Well, I, mean, I can't prove or disprove what you're saying. Obviously, it's their prerogative to think what they want to think. You know, right. I'm I'm saying if they want to think that that was the Lord and he, and he worked in a mysterious way, great. You know, but it's just that as far as a, and I guess where this would be a problem as a thought terminating cliche is where it stops anybody from saying like what you said, unfalsifiable. You can't say, um, no, I don't think actually the Lord would do right. that because, well, the Lord yeah. works in mysterious. <laughs> I can think of another one kind of along those lines where someone will say, well, the, the Holy Spirit led me. The Holy Spirit is leading me to do this. Your God told well, it's me. Like that, yeah, that immediately shuts down all questioning. And you just are supposed to take the person's word for it, you know? <laughs> yeah, then it like ratchets up the confrontation level, you know, times five, because it says, you know, now now you actually have to say, no, no, he's not. <laughs> I mean, without like trying yeah. to reason through it, you have to just, 
disagree. Right. So it, it seems a thought terminating cliche can be a true statement, well, yeah, but it can also yes. be abused to, to be used to shut down conversation. Um, he gives another one here, which is actually a quote from scripture, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord. Uh, he says, again, this is true, but may be used as a quick reply to avoid studying a topic. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is all true. Everything you say is true here. Um, that verse is absolutely true. And there are some things we can't understand and thus the conversation cannot go any further. And yet, um, <clears throat> yes, doesn't Proverbs say that the glory, something like the glory of a king is to study out a matter, <laughs> you know, yes. but if we don't want to study it, right. then it's a secret thing, man. Um, or, right. or the one above it, you know, unfortunately used in, uh, Oh, I missed that one. Yeah. Touch not the Lord's anointed right. taking David's yeah. phrase, uh, regarding King Saul to, uh, apply to say the pastorate, something like that. Right. Right. Um, how about this one? Well, you're a compromiser. Yeah. Or, or the way I might see that is, um, which I can understand when you're trying to warn somebody about somebody, uh, you know, you, somebody says, Hey, you know, I saw a book by so-and-so and you want to give them a quick synopsis. Um, Hey, hey, you need to be careful of that guy. Well, you don't, you don't necessarily have um, at ready recall a list of 27 doctrinal deviations of this guy. You just know yeah. generally, hey, um, that guy's a modernist. You just need to be careful mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that yeah. sounds thought terminating. It doesn't have to be, but you don't, you don't have time right. or the mental recall to, to call those things. And so I could see that being like, well, he's a compromiser. Whoa. Right. Yeah. And I, and I guess we should make sure that our listeners understand here. We don't, we don't mean, and I don't think Omar means that no. any of these phrases are always a thought terminating cliche. Mm -hmm. Some of them have a legitimate use. Mm -hmm. um, like here's another one. He says, that's Calvinism. And then just, well, just shuts it down. Yeah. In yeah. other words saying, oh, that's Calvinism. It shuts down the discussion. Well, sometimes it might be. But I think oftentimes it happens too, where someone just doesn't understand the issue and they call something Calvinism that isn't. Right, right. Mm -hmm. um, one that comes to mind as I think of that is, you know, well, all means all, right? Well, that's a thought terminating cliche sometimes <laughs> because a lot of times the same person will turn around and try to explain how Romans 11, where it says all Israel shall be saved. Well, it just means all Israel alive at the time. Or it, or it doesn't mean all in the way it says it all. So, so, you know, there there is such thing as as you know, thought terminating cliches with the saying "all means all," but it doesn't always. It isn't always that. If that makes sense. Yes, all doesn't always always mean all in the broadest, biggest possible sense. Right. Um, and then uh, the next one here. You want to read that one? Yeah, he's a liberal. <laughs> yeah. And again, he might be, <laughs> but if you're in the middle of a conversation where you actually can converse and you can actually reason with the person, you actually have recall of, of things that he said, you can say more than he's a liberal. <laughs> Don't just yeah. terminate. But uh, anyway, um, so he says, are there other examples you can think of? What about you? Did you come up with some? I actually wrote those three down at the bottom. Okay. Okay. Um, one of them I already mentioned, that's the saying, that's your interpretation. Yep. Yep. And when I get that one, and that's probably the most common one I get, 
um, is I'll just explain to people what the meaning of the word interpretation is. <laughs> you know, when, when, when something is interpreted, right. You know, when, when you read a letter, when someone writes you a birthday card, right. It has mm. one meaning. Mm. It has one, one meaning. It means happy birthday, right? <laughs> if you take something out of that, that doesn't say happy birthday, you have interpreted wrongly because it has one meaning. Mm-hmm. So there can't be multiple interpretations of the same thing. There can only be one right interpretation. <clears throat> and and people often get very miffed at that. Um, you know, and often people don't know that there are rules of interpreting. Mm-hmm. Well, there are actual rule, rules of interpreting and, and they're completely unaware of them most times. Well, right. Um, because they, they use them so subconsciously. I mean, they, they, they right. operate by rules, and if they were to stop, if they were to be brought face to face with that, like when you read a birthday card, what you know, what what makes you not say that this is sort of some sort of encoded message of hate to you? You know, well, obviously it means what it says. Oh, okay. Well, so there's a right. certain rules that you're going by, um, right? And yeah, and to a degree, people do do that subconsciously. But if they're not aware of the rules to be able to use them actively, mm-hmm. they are subject to being disingenuous. And they're subject to letting their emotions rule over an interpretation. So yeah, someone absolutely. who is a, a um, what's, what's a good term that I can use? A, a low information interpreter. Let's say it that way. Okay. You know, like you have like low information voters, mm-hmm. you know, people who will believe whatever the media tells them. You sometimes have low information interpreters. So these are people who will take a position on a biblical topic just based on how, how they feel about it using those subconscious rules of interpreting. But when you use them subconsciously, they're weak, right? They they have to be they have to be bold. They have to be understood. These mm-hmm. rules, um, in order for you to to not let your emotions rule over your decision. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's the most common one I get. Okay, um, that's your interpretation. Yeah, the other one is it's all in God's plan. Mm. You know, so they completely botch a situation. They make dumb decisions life-changing circumstances happen and they're like well it's all in god's plan like is it though in that sense it like okay i I agree there's you know i agree there is a permissive will of god right and god didn't stop you from being stupid um so but you did a dumb thing and and you've messed your life up don't just sit there and go it's all in god's plan because you don't want to discuss your decision (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, th- to me, that is um, kind of a hyper sovereign statement, um, and and it's I would replace pl- it would be more true if it said it's all in God's design, meaning God designed it such that if you run into a brick wall, you stop and it hurts. You know, uh, that's just true. that's built into the design um, that you catch your small toe on a on a chair leg, it's going to hurt. That just, it's not a punishment. God's not saying, aha, you ran into the chair, therefore I will punish you with a sore toe. It's just built into the design uh, of cause and effect. But right. what they're say, seeming to say was, but by your example might be that, you know, it's kind of taking the heat off of them right. and saying, well, that, you know, God would have wanted that anyway. No, 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 he didn't. No. Um, you're you're basically ascribing it to a fatalist mentality that everything that's done is exactly what God wanted done on every level, 
And, and so if I made a stupid decision, well, obviously he wanted me to make that. In fact, he made me make this stupid decision. You know what I mean? That, that's where the yeah. logic takes you. Uh, it's right. all God's plan. Um, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah. And then this one, yeah, do your research, do your research. So, so I have gotten this one before, yeah. um, from like conspiracy theorist type people, which, you know, they're. There's a saying floating around now, the difference between a conspiracy theory and reality is about six months. <laughs> um, and that's because, you know, in recent days, it has seemed like all the conspiracy theories about, you know, big government and all the, the, the swamp and all, all the bureaucracy and the deep state and all these things, there's a lot of truth coming out that shows, hey, some of those conspiracy theories were correct. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist and you're listening to this, that does not logically follow then that all past conspiracy theories thus are true. Okay. That's bad logic. Okay. Um, but I have had this happen before where I'll talk to someone who's got some wild political view or some other view and, uh, you know, you know, and, and you keep taking the argument back further and further and further, you know, and they'll say, well, well, I follow this source, you know, this source says this. And I said, well, how do you know that source is true? Well, because, uh, you know, I, I do my research and, you know, okay, well, what about those sources you research? How do you know those are true? <laughs> and like, well, because the other sources confirm, confirm those sources. Well, how do you know those are true? And and I will do this in a sense to conspiracy theorists just to kind of see what they do and, and watch them squirm a little bit so that they start thinking a little more. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But they'll eventually get to a point where they'll just say to me, well, you need to do your research. Just do, just do your research. Just look it up. Just do your research. And I'm like, okay, you know, it, granted, could, could there be truth to me going and doing research? And then I come to the same conclusion they do. Yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it is just a thought terminating cliche where they're tired of having to defend their position and they just say, well, do your research. <clears throat> yeah. Um, now in that, in that uh, example, honestly, I feel like both sides, we, we always well, I say always, we typically um, operate by faith when mm -hmm. we're listening to other people. And that's the yes. same for, for history, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we believe that this happened in history. Why? Because we believe that writer. Well, how do we know that writer did it? You know, um, yeah, the same with all of our medical research. And we could draw right. it back further and further. But that's part of the point of just taking someone's word for it that we trust is that we don't have to do all the research. <laughs> Right, you know, right. I could go get the I could go get the um the degree and uh, do the scientific experiment myself, but I'd rather just yeah. take his word for it. <laughs> right, right. But so, it is uh it's, it's kind of similar to that, you know, I'm the expert type um thought terminating cliche. Do your research is kind of the same thing. Okay. It's saying the same thing. It's saying I have done my research. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The implication is that if if you did your research, you would come to my same conclusion. And until you come to right. my conclusion, you haven't done enough research. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the, it kind of reminds me of that funny saying. There was a a guy that used to teach Baptist history, and and he would say something about his uh, instructor or something was I forget a Presbyterian or something. You know, but he. Uh, he went to heaven. Now he's a Baptist, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is in a sense to imply had he done more biblical study on earth, he would have become a Baptist. Right, right. You know? <laughs> had, he, had he seen the light here. <laughs> right, right. Okay, the one the one that I thought of, um, and this isn't so much, um, 
It doesn't have to be snarky. It just uh, can really fizzle a conversation. Uh, that's easier said than done. You know, somebody, somebody, easier said than done. somebody tries to give you some advice. Well, you know what you need to do is, or you know what we really should do is blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, that's easier said than done. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, well, you can say it, but uh, that's, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then it basically, <laughs> okay, um, true. True. It's easier. Anything's easier said than done, I think. <laughs> and it will be hard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's the one yeah. I thought of after reading that. So okay. Good. I, I don't know if one of my favorites is as you read the as you read the list though. Um, one of his first ones is it is what it is. Right. The basic statement of reality. It is what it is. Well, yes, right. indeed. <laughs> well, when, when I, that's a tautological statement, right? Where it Ooh, essentially okay, repeats the same thing. It repeats the same thing twice, right? <laughs> it is what it is, or it will be what it will be, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that sort of thing. It's it's tautology, right? And and I remember reading somewhere on this that that is common with thought terminating cliches, is that it essentially is uh, circular. It's more tautological. It'll say the same thing kind of parallel um because it is just ultimately meant to sound like it's informative or sound like it is final but it really doesn't contribute anything to the discussion <laughs> yeah that's funny that's funny i i had someone recently i was talking to them about the lord and i appreciated what they said even though they're they're a pagan and they rejected everything i said mm -hmm. i appreciated what they said because they were honest, they said, you know, we can talk about something else now. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I can appreciate that. You know, I, yeah, no, I can not, appreciate the, outcome, the straightforwardness. Not the outcome I wanted. Yeah, not the outcome I wanted, but, you know, at least you didn't try some thought terminating cliche with me. Well, they did at first, I should say. They said, I've, I've read the Bible. And I said, really, you've read the Bible? And I said, yeah. And I said, you've read all of it? And, and they said, oh, yeah. And, and it's like this point, you know, you can tell that they're lying. They did not by any stretch of the imagine, imagination read the entire Bible. And I said, so you understood all of it? And she said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I understood all of it. I said, well, you'll have to teach me some things because, <laughs> because I spent my bunch. life studying the Bible. <laughs> and there are still things I don't get. So enlighten me, you know, so her, her thought terminating cliche was basically, oh, I've read it all and I understood it all. Basically, there's nothing new you can tell me about it that would persuade me. So there was an attempt at a thought terminating cliche there. Yeah. <laughs> but I responded to it by saying, you know, how could you have understood it all? Because I've been studying it longer than you and I don't understand it all. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but but then finally she got to a point where she said, you know, let's just talk about something else. <laughs> All right. And I was like, okay, I, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> All right. That's good. Um, let's see here. We've got, oh, just a few minutes left. Um, yeah. I don't know that we have time for anything, do we? No. Maybe we'll just have to cut it short and move into the, uh, to the after show. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for another conversation here. If you have your own questions, comments, it doesn't even have to be related to what we were talking about today. You have something that comes up in your own um, life or thinking and you say, hmm, I wonder about that. Have you ever thought about that? Or what does the Bible say 
about that, um, feel free to send that our way, reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and I can maybe even share it on another episode and it would help someone else out too and raise that as a question. Again, that's reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, just don't email us a one phrase email that just says, that's your interpretation. <laughs> because I will reply and I will just say, well, it is what it is. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we do appreciate you being here with us on this episode. We are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together. <laughs>